This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 382 for Thursday, December 21st, 2023. And today is going to be a short episode. Um, Don't have a pre-planned episode or topic that I'm going to talk about. But first, I wanted to wish a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and a joyous Kwanzaa. To all of my listeners, I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday season, which will be starting, of course, uh, for the Christmas celebrators next Monday, Christmas Day. So lately, I've been in a bit of a creative rut. And it's been a struggle ever since we moved to North Carolina. I lived in the Atlanta area for almost 20 years. And down there, there was just tons of things that you could shoot you could go out on a weekday or a weekend and there were always things to shoot you had zoo atlanta you had the aquarium you had waterfalls close by in various points around atlanta that you could go to and photograph if you wanted to do daytime long exposure which i love to do Uh, but since we moved to north carolina i've been really struggling to find really good things to photograph I've been around the immediate area and as far down as Durham and Raleigh numerous times. I've been to the the Science Museum in Raleigh, and I'm just running out of things to shoot. Now, I I was looking online after we first moved up here, trying to find the nearest waterfall. And it's like the nearest waterfall to where we live is like a five-hour drive. So you're talking 10 hours round trip just to do some daytime long exposure, which seems too excessive. (laughs) That's an extremely long drive just to get some daytime long exposures at a waterfall. No matter how beautiful the waterfall is, that just burns up a lot of your day just in the driving. And I've even done a little bit of exploring up into Virginia and haven't found a ton uh, of great ideas or or subjects to photograph up there, but I'm still looking. And so it's got me in a little bit of a creative rut uh, between that and I've been extremely busy lately with the IT work, not just my full-time job, but I have a second job in IT um, assisting the parent company of my former employer with trying to retrieve some of their intellectual property data off the old servers so that can be sold off now that the company has been sold off, um, it, it was broken up and sold in pieces through a bankruptcy, uh, which is always a sad thing because it was a really great place to work with a lot of really good people. So today's not going to be a super long episode, but I wanted to at least get something out today. Um, I try not to miss any weekly episodes if I can help it at all. So I wanted to at least, you know, talk for a few minutes, um, let you know what's going on. Now, one of the things I've more recently gotten into is uh, about a month or so ago, I bought a wood pellet smoker and I've been enjoying that a lot. And so 
last weekend, I decided to try smoking my first beef brisket. And I read a lot of articles online and, you know, a lot of people that are professional smokers are like, you know, don't worry, your first couple, you're going to mess up. And, you know, it takes practice to get beef brisket right. And not to toot my own horn, but I guess I got lucky because my very first one turned out perfect. It was a total of about, mm, I'd say about 20 hours. Um, that was between the prep, the cook time, and the resting time. Because with a beef brisket, you have to rest it, most people say, for a minimum of two hours after it's done cooking. you got to give it time for the, the juices to really work their way back into the meat so that the meat is nice and moist and juicy. And it did work well. I actually rested mine for about four hours, I believe, because we were running some errands. When I finished the cook, it was like 20 after eight in the morning, which is way too early to be eating brisket, <laughs> no matter how yummy brisket is. Um, so I let it rest in our oven uh, for about four hours and then it was ready at lunchtime when we got back from running errands and stuff like that so it worked out really well my wife said it was the best brisket she's ever had which was a real honor for me to hear her say that uh, made me feel really good now I did uh, a couple of weeks before that I did my first rack of boneless ribs they also turned out very well and then last night my wife uh, wanted to try something different, so she made one of her wonderful homemade meatloaves, and she wanted me to smoke that. So we did that in the smoker. That turned out awesome as well. I mean, her meatloaf is always fabulous. My wife is an awesome cook, and just having her homemade meatloaf, as great as it is, with that hickory smoke um, from cooking it on the smoker, just upped it another notch or two. It was really fabulous. We both thoroughly enjoyed that smoked meatloaf. It was really good. And for this coming weekend, I'm going to be prepping because I'm going to do my first Christmas turkey on the smoker as well. And uh, so I bought the items I need to get everything ready and to do the cook. Now, I found a video on YouTube from a gentleman who owns a barbecue restaurant in Texas. I uh, don't know his name or anything like that. I don't remember, but I was watching his video for the information. And he showed in his video how to smoke a turkey uh, for Christmas or Thanksgiving, either one. And so I'm going to follow his guidelines and I'm going to brine the turkey. I'm going to soak it in brine for about 24 hours. And then what he does, and I'm going to follow his guidelines, I got a special set of meat scissors off Amazon, the same ones that he uses. And before he cooks the turkey, he actually cuts out the spine and the breastbone so that you can get the turkey to lay flat. You can butterfly it on the grill, grill grate inside the smoker. And so that's the way I'm going to do mine. And he said it only takes about three hours to cook it from start to finish, so... Really looking forward to that. So I figure I'll brine it for 24 hours starting on Sunday. And then Monday around noon, I'll put it on the smoker on Christmas Day. And it should be ready for dinner around 3 o'clock, which will be really cool. And it's just myself and Tina. We're not going anywhere for Christmas. We stopped going up north for Christmas. Uh, so it'll just be the two of us. But we both really love turkey, and it'll be 
really great to try our very first smoked turkey because neither one of us have ever had a smoked turkey before. You know, we've done the conventional method of cooking in the oven. We've had it deep fried in peanut oil, which is really good. But this year we're going to do a smoked turkey and see how that turns out. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I think it's going to turn out pretty good. Now, what I did to best keep an eye on my temperatures when I'm cooking is I went on Amazon and I bought a meter plus probe thermometer. It's a wireless probe thermometer and you insert that into whatever you're cooking. And then it has a little wooden block that the thermometer sits in when you're not using it that takes one AAA battery. And that not only recharges the thermometer, but it also acts as a repeater for the thermometer so that it can communicate with your phone over greater distances via Bluetooth. And so, you know, I put the probe thermometer into whatever I'm cooking. I leave that wooden block, the, the base unit, sitting on the metal table that, that full, uh, flips up and locks into place on my smoker. And so that way it's close enough to the wireless thermometer. It can continue talking to it and then it can relay the data to my app on my smartphone when I'm inside the house. And that works really well. And the reason why it's good to have a probe thermometer is you want something that allows you to continuously monitor the temperature of whatever you're cooking because you don't want to overcook and you don't want to undercook. So it's really handy to have that. And, you know, and you can even, it, the app allows you to, you know, set it for your cook for different meats. You know, it has templates and stuff like that. And it gives you, uh, you know, after it's been in there and it's been cooking for a little bit in the smoker, it gives you not only an accurate temperature read, you can set your goal temperature, what you want the meat to be at when it's done. And it reads that as well as the internal temperature of the meat at, you know, currently and the ambient temperature inside your smoker. So it's really handy and it'll actually give you an estimated time of when your food will be done based on how quickly the internal temperature is coming up and it's really accurate for that so that's extremely handy to have as well so i know it's not photography related but i just wanted to share that because i've been having a lot of fun with it and you got to find things that you can do that you enjoy and i've always enjoyed cooking um, and I, I've always been into grilling, you know, whether I don't really, I'm not a big fan of charcoal. I will use it if I have to, but I prefer a propane grill. And, uh, now I'm really into using these, uh, the wood pellet smoker cause it is really fun and you can make some really awesome dishes using your smoker and get some unique flavors into your foods. No matter what it is, you can get interesting flavors that are really awesome. And just about anything you cook in it. And I found a web blog uh, by a master smoker. And he was telling in this blog article I found of his that you could smoke all kinds of foods. He smokes cheeses. He smokes eggs, meatloaf, lasagna, all kinds of stuff. So I have a feeling Tina is going to keep me busy experimenting with different dishes in the smoker. But. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, I have a feeling I created a little bit of a monster uh, for both of us <laughs> with uh, buying this smoker. But again, I'm having a lot of fun with it and, and she's enjoying it as well. So it's a positive thing. But OK, so getting back to my bit of a photography rut again, it's it's not that I don't want to go out and shoot. It's just I'm running out of things to shoot. And I know I'm going to have to start 
looking at things differently, thinking of things differently. I'm going to have to get online and, and look at some other photographers work to get some inspiration. And then maybe hopefully I can get myself out of this. rut. I mean, ruts happen to the best of us from time to time. It's going to happen. And all you can do is push through it as best you can and try to keep going. And so, uh, not too long ago, I got my first infrared camera. Uh, I went on KEH and finally caught an X-T1 Fujifilm camera with the with the IR conversion already done to it. And I got that for a really good price. And I recently got an Insta360 X3 that I'm looking forward to trying out. I haven't had a chance to go out and do anything with that yet. So I'll be doing that over this long Christmas weekend because I have four days off from my day job, I'll still be working the second IT job, um, getting some hours in uh, for that job over the weekend because it pays really well. And uh, what I do is I work, I record my hour, total number of hours, and I submit my invoice, and then they just pay me in a single check the following month. And that'll work out great too because, as you may or may not know, I've been working on trying to not I'm not doing a frame off restoration, but I'm trying to restore my late father's last truck, which was a 2005 Chevy Colorado crew cab. And so I got it from my youngest brother last September, not this past September, but the year before. And I've been working on fixing it up because he had a bunch of trucks. So the truck didn't get used a lot by him and, you know, got a little bit neglected. He lent it to a few people and they abused it a bit. So I've been fixing it up a little bit at a time and I've got all the mechanical work done now. The only thing left is to get the body work done and the paint job. And then I'm also going to get a spray bed liner put in it with either a rhino liner or a line X liner or whatever, um, to try to keep it as nice as possible for as many years as possible. So this extra side job is going to give me the money, extra money on the side that I need to finish the bodywork and get the bodywork and paint job of the truck done so it'll be back to the original condition it was in when my father had it which will be nice and hopefully it'll last me for quite a few years after that i told my mom at some point down the road the uh i think it's an isuzu five-cylinder motor that's in it i don't know why chevy did that because they already had the wonderful 4.3 vortec v6 that they used in the s10s and s15s and the 1500s um, but if that engine ever goes, I'm hoping that I can put a 4.3 in it and upgrade it from a V5 to a V6. Just because that's such a really good, strong engine. And it would be nice to have uh, a Chevy truck with that engine again. I've really always loved that engine. I've had a few of the Chevy trucks with that engine over the years. And it's always been extremely reliable and long-lasting. So... If it comes to that down the road, and I'm hoping it's not anytime soon, <laughs> uh, and the motor goes bad, I'll, I'll try to put a 4.3 in it if everything will match up and work, which I'm assuming it will, because the Colorado is basically the same size truck. Uh, the generation of Colorado that I have is basically the same size truck as the S10s, which I've had before. So I'm thinking it'll probably fit in there and everything will bolt up and work just fine if I want to upgrade it to a 4.3. But we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, like I said, it'll be years before I got to worry about that. But you just never know. You know, you never know how things are going to work out when it comes to stuff like that. 
But anyway, so that's what's going on lately. Uh, I'm going to try my best to get out this weekend, um, at least for a little bit, and try to get some photography and video done with the Insta360 X3. Um, I may take out the IR camera. I haven't decided yet. Or maybe I'll break out the GFX 50R and do some medium format photography. Um, I haven't decided yet, but I, I do need to get out and do a little bit more shooting. And that's what I want to remind all of you. If you get in one of these creative ruts, don't despair. You know, get inspiration. Go on Flickr or 500 Picks or anywhere that people post their photography, preferably not social media, um, and just try to get inspired. You know, uh, look at the work of other professional photographers. Uh, maybe if there's a photographer you admire, whether it's Ansel Adams or whoever, um, any leave of it, uh, go on Amazon and buy one of their photography books and, and study it and look at their images and their technique and what they, you know, the kind of compositions they get. And that should give you some inspiration. That's what I need to do. I need to do that. I'm going to be looking through some other photographers work this year, uh, this weekend that I admire and try to get myself some fresh inspiration so I can go out and start shooting again. And it should work out. Um, I was doing the Roxborough cars and coffee, uh, on Saturdays, they do that once a month. I went to a few of those and it was a lot of fun, met a lot of really cool people, saw a lot of fantastic vehicles. Uh, but the last two or three of them for this year, I didn't make it to because I always had work stuff going on or something else going on. Uh, but I am looking forward to those starting back up in the spring so I can go to those again. Cause I've always loved car shows. So That'll be something else that I can look forward to doing in 2024 to help get me out of this creative rut. All right. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com all right, that's going to wrap up episode 382 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It doesn't cost you a thing but a moment of your time to hit that subscribe button. The show is absolutely free to listen to. And you could also spread the word to your friends and family and others on social media and encourage them to give the show a subscribe and a listen and i do have some guests that i'll have on the show in the upcoming months i'm still working on getting ellie ringo back on here 
um, and see what she's been up to lately. I know she's had a lot of things going on and uh, her schedule's just been really busy lately. So we've been trying to sync up to have her back on the show, but she'll be back on soon. Uh, and I know my listeners love it when she comes on the show. Her episodes are really popular. She's a really sweet and fun lady, and she's a blast to talk to and, and uh, about various topics, her geology, her modeling, her acting, and all of that great stuff. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun to have her back on the show again. All right, that is it for this one, folks. I will see you again next Thursday.